Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast opening day podcast. Whoa. It's tomorrow. We are when we're recording. We probably probably if I if I can get my act together, this will come out probably on opening day. Yay. And if um, not, yeah. uh, <laughs> I hope the Dodgers <laughs> won. Because <laughs> we're gonna talk exclusively about only the first game of the season today. So we yeah. have to no, yeah. No, <laughs> Uh, I forgot how long spring training was. It's very long. And the last couple weeks, I basically just wanted spring training to be over. And it is, finally. So, happy to actually get the season started and a, a full season at that. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk about opening day. We're going to talk kind of just about the season start in general. We're going to laugh at how bad I was at guessing the opening day roster. We've got a Dodgers rewind of a player I've seen live. That's exciting. Uh, questions from Craig, all that more after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's here. Opening day. You got to hear what... <laughs> Got here, like I know you said, three days longer, longer than you you remembered, but it, it to me it got here really fast. Really? Oh God! Like the last, honestly, the last two weeks were interminable. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, just like, uh, just let's go already. Come on! But like, um, maybe it was because the Dodgers didn't tie in any of their last nine games. Do you, so, do you know the uh, adage that they tell new parents that the 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 days are long but the years are short? Uh, I thought you were going to say something about ties. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's similar. I could see you from your perspective in the nitty-gritty bit yeah. where I've only been able to watch a handful yeah. of games. Uh, it, yeah. it went real well, quick. You, like, you have a life and a family, <laughs> you know? Like, a, <laughs> So I, I get it. Like, you're a, you're a functioning human. It's weird because <laughs> so. I, I normally love afternoon games out here because they're on at just a really nice time, and I do like them yeah. over the weekend, but... With my weekday slate right now, when Eleanor, um, my daughter, isn't in daycare, yeah, my daughter—that's uh, <laughs> not how it works. Um, yeah, I—I uh, uh, I don't have like the the period from like lunch to like seven goes like that. Like I mm. like I'll some maybe I had time to watch the game, but by the time I realize it, it's like the eighth inning and. At least uh, for most of spring training, it was players that had no chance of making their roster, and you know. Well, you'll be you'll be juggling um, that uh, for opening day because the Dodgers play at one o'clock Pacific, so three o'clock your time. Um, it's opening day, yeah. though. I'll, I'll I'll watch that, and then oh, for uh, for home opener, it's actually on my birthday, so I'm taking the day off work anyway. So yay! Yeah, 
And so uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. I was looking for some reason I thought maybe Saturday was also a day game, but it's not. So Sunday's Sunday's a day game as as you might expect, but uh, not not Saturday, not Friday or Saturday. But yeah, so uh, on Thursday when the Dodgers are playing a day game at Coors Field against the Rockies, uh, their roster is set. They haven't like the team hasn't officially announced it, but Dave Roberts has like said all the moves basically. So we have the roster. Um, it's twenty six players. Um, they're they're decided. They decided to go with the full twenty six. No, uh, uh, thirteen pitchers, thirteen position players. Um, if we look, uh, four episodes ago, twenty one oh six. So we've been on a pretty good schedule, uh, like this spring and, and year. Um, and so we've recorded like every week. Um, and so that was just a little, about a month ago. We we picked. We guessed opening day roster, and honestly, I think we did pretty well. Like. Overall, like um, I had we, two hard guesses, uh, right. one of which was like almost like one I wanted to will into existence, uh, which was noisy. I wanted just yeah. maximum C two, and I I disagree <laughs> with the other one. I think they picked the wrong left-handed oh. pitcher. <laughs> well, and then but also like yeah, you can make an yeah. We'll we'll get into it, but like so we also um, at the time. Did not realize that Jimmy Nelson was going to be like a relief yeah. god, you know, or whatever, like just a, a, a machine out there uh, so far. But we also had 14 pitchers because we weren't sure what they were going to do. We And we didn't, we weren't, I think we both discount. we definitely both discounted uh, like Matt Beatty, I think, in, in that, because he didn't get used much last year, but also... They sort I feel of like, like I him even mentioned that like it was his job to lose, and then just decided, eh, I'm not going to pay that any more mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not go and he lost it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but so and, and like um, and then also of course there's all always like injuries. Um, so Bruzdar, Gratterall, and um, Joe Kelly are both going to start on the injury list. To date, we don't really have an exact injury for either one. Um, Kelly, I believe, has been described as. General Soreness, which was Mike Marshall's nickname, uh, the outfielder, not the pitcher, um, sort of derogatory nickname uh, uh, in the 80s. Um, Bruce Gratterall, he had, an as, as of yet, undisclosed reasons why he um, couldn't, like, uh, I guess, throw during the offseason. That's how Dave Roberts put it. And, you know, it's one of those things, there's only certain things the teams can disclose. So I, I you know, obviously don't want to speculate, but you, it's kind of easy to see per, perhaps uh, what might be going on there. But like, uh, but anyway, so he came into camp, like having not really thrown. So he's like starting from a point where most people, most pitchers would maybe be in December or January. Um, so I think right now, I believe Rob, Dave Roberts said yesterday Gratterall's ahead of Kelly, but didn't really have a timetable on when either might be ready. So I would imagine they're at at best like a week away and probably closer to two, something like that. Well, they, they have to like be on the aisle for at least a week because you could backdate it for three days. But, you know, it's going to be a little bit before we see either of them. So but anyway, so that opened up some stuff. Um I will say this: I had uh, both Zach McKinstry and Scott Alexander, uh, the, the the only two positions we really differed on, um, and both made it. So I'm I get to claim that as a win. But like you said, the the final spot, the final release spot was it was Scott Alexander versus Dennis Santana. Um, Santana, I think, had the better spring. It was negligible. He gave up a couple home runs. Alexander does what he does. He didn't give up any home runs. He's also wild. Doesn't really strike out anyone. Uh, gets ground balls. I think that's what they went with. And the fact that they now have three lefties in the pen with Victor Gonzalez, David Price. Um, so, and then you had Alex Vesia, uh, Vesia, excuse me, um, and and Sheldon Noisy, like you said. Um, Noisy was they were both actually option a little while ago, but like you know they've they've been used a lot in games. So I don't think they're that far off. Like they're they're easily could be used at some point. I think also uh, Garrett Clevenger was. Wait, had we a were nice doing little... the opening day roster. I thought we were doing the yeah. the playoff roster. My bad. That's, you know what? I, I will give you credit if um, <laughs> yeah. um, 
if they both make it, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit later. So, like I said, so even with that, right, neither of us had Jimmy Nelson. So we, I ended up getting 24 out of 26. It's pretty uh, good. Yeah, you got 22, which honestly, I think given like that Gratterall and Kelly were out, like, that's fine. Like, yeah. that's a perfectly – and plus we – at the time, we were like, "Look, obviously something's going to happen, like to <laughs> to like sort of mess with this." So, like, I think the only real like uh, brain fart for us was prop was just discounting that baby. I think um, just in the sense that, but maybe I think if we if we had guessed thirteen and thirteen, um, I think we both would have had Matt Beatty on. So it's really not that big of a deal. But um, the other sort of. Uh, News, uh, given though that sort of uh, pitching and and roster split, um, is that the Dodgers did end up carrying all eight of their starting pitchers, um, including Jimmy Nelson, who they added to the they he was on a minor league deal. They added him to the forty man roster last week. Um, so uh, he's in the bullpen. David Price is in the bullpen. Um, after like saying you know multiple times throughout the spring that he was willing to do whatever role they wanted, um, and then Tony Gonsolin also in the bullpen. Uh, Dustin May had a really strong spring, uh, got the fifth starter role uh, to start off the season. Uh, so the biggest thing with May, like his stuff is ridiculous. He throws like a hundred. It moves like crazy. His only problem is, and in problem in quotes here, because he's still young. Um, he just doesn't miss enough bats and like, or he hasn't at least yet. Um, this spring he has, um, he's, he, his big thing is like, it's like a hundred mile an hour sinker basically, but he's been mixing in a four seam fastball too this spring and also like landing his breaking stuff for strikes. So that like, if he gets any of that, like going, like he, he has sky's the limit really for him, like. So I think you can see why they sort of picked him. Um, but he's been really good. Um, and you still expect, like, all those guys. Like, Gonsolin, um, you could argue, too, like, he, he was also deserving. So, uh, but Dave, uh, Dave Roberts said, he mentioned, like, David Price and Gonsolin as sort of to go, like, two to four innings, however, you know, whenever they're needed or whatever. Uh, you know, could be, like, a leverage thing, could be long relief. Uh, I don't think they're going to stretch out Jimmy Nelson as much. Dave Roberts described him more as a two-inning monster. Also, he's had like such an injury history the last three years. He only has 22 innings the last three years. He had shoulder surgery. He had um, uh, elbow swelling uh, in 2019, and then 2020 he had back surgery. So he's just been like he's been like on the 60-day IL forever. Um, the last three years, and so just the fact that he's healthy, they're going to be very mindful of that, I think. So I don't think you're – like, I don't imagine, like, Nelson going, like, back-to-back days. I don't even know. Price might be the only one of the group that goes, like, back-to-back days, maybe in a shorter thing, but maybe even not that. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they use them. They, it's a very unique, like, pen. Like, it's just like keeping all the good pitchers yeah. and figuring <laughs> out how to use them. So, like, it, it's pretty cool. I don't know. No, I'm. Lo- I, this is a kind of the kind of pin that feels like we've had the Dodgers have had this problem many, many years in the past, and invariably two people get injured or like one gets traded or something like that. And this is the first time they've really had you know had it make it to opening day like in this shape. And I'm really excited to see it. It feels like it feels like bullpen usage is an area that's had a lot of change over the last decade, but has even more you know with the opener and with. Um, uh, the decision to go by leverage as opposed to just the guy that gets clo- um, saves. And it feels like there's maybe even more room for that. Um, kind of maybe based a little bit on what Boston did in the playoffs um, in 2018. And, and um, uh, the, the Astros, even in, in mm. 2017, in yeah. game seven, like they had what Lance McCullers like ended the game on like four innings or whatever it was, like throwing like a billion curveballs. Um <laughs> But yeah, I would say that Roberts also mentioned that for the, all those guys, like he would be comfortable if in the right spot, like having any of those three starters like close a game if you had to, like so it could you could see a game where like um, Urias goes five and then like Gonsolin or um, six, excuse me, and then Gonsolin goes three or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it just depends how the game's going. I, I would imagine. 
So this, man, so like obviously spring training is over and I don't have my ties anymore. Um, but now just the possibility of all these three inning saves, like, oh my God, I didn't <laughs> even think about that till right now. That's I'm excited. Um, I will say this about ties. Um, so the Dodgers ended with five. Uh, their, that was their most since uh, 2015 when they had eight. That's at least a team record. It might be a an MLB record. I it was hard, very hard to find information on this. Um, uh, but also, like it's when you say it's like saying it's almost like saying the uh, the longest home run of the Statcast era. You know, like it's just such a short window because, like, I'd say ties like have really only been a thing the last like ten to fifteen years. Uh, they used to just play games, right? Till they ended, like, and you know, uh, and even uh, older times, like pitchers would go a lot deeper into spring training games too. Uh, sometimes, like, so it wasn't that big of a deal to go long in a spring training game, but now, now it's a little more controlled. Um, so there's there is more uh, ties, but so the last um, the three games, the freeway series. Uh, Sunday, um, the in Anaheim, the the Dodgers and Angels were tied five five, and they were only playing seven that day or eight. I forget. Um, uh, no, it was no, it was eight. It was eight, and um, and then they were there were two outs in the bottom of the the inning, and then uh, Taylor Ward decided to hit a walk off home run, uh, <laughs> ruining my chance at a tie. Then last night. Uh, at Dodger Stadium, the Dodgers were up six-one in the ninth. They the Angels scored three. They had a runner on. Max Stassi hit a line drive like uh into down the left field line a little bit in basically into the into the Manny Wood seats or like close to it, and it hit like the wall and 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 bounced out. He ended up settling for a double, and then both those tying the so he's a tying run. Um end up getting stranded in the ninth and lost. So I, I was so close to two ties in the freeway series and I, they got robbed. I, I will say this. So I went to the last two games at Dodger stadium and that was the first games I had been to since 2019. And so that was a great thing, like to sort of see how it, it's all working. Felt comfortable. I was nervous going in cause I didn't know cause haven't been around humans uh, for a long time. And, uh, that was part of it, but it was it was just a generally good experience. Um, so excited to go once the games start counting. I will say this: uh, there were no fans in these these games. There will be for uh, the regular season games. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to be roughly at like a quarter capacity. They could go up to thirty three percent, but given like the distancing guidelines, I don't think they're set up for that. So you're going to see like thirteen to fourteen thousand fans, roughly. I would imagine. But with no fans, they still have piped in crowd noise. And it's weird uh, being there. Like, I found, so I'm on my computer, right, like during the game, writing stuff, uh, researching stuff while watching the game. I didn't realize how often I relied on crowd noise to let me know what's up. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Dodgers hit like eight home runs, four in each uh, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. And, I mean, I missed a, a couple. Like, because it's just a fly ball. Like, and no, you know, <laughs> nothing's, like, happening. And then I look around, oh, all right. And then, so, like, it, it's so weird because there's, there's no, like, oh, like a reaction when they hit it. And, like, it's so, it was so weird. And, like, um I just and also spring training. There's like in-game interviews, which never happens during the regular season. So like I'm I'm well, constantly like distracted. Unless no, you're I Justin mean, Turner like, in the playoffs, <laughs> right? No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. But the, I don't think Justin Turner is going to get mic'd up at um for like just to talk to dudes in the press box. Yeah. Like, <laughs> forget that, man. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was like it was just very odd, like um. There were like multiple. In fact, the, the the Max Stassi thing that almost tied the game, uh, I actually missed uh, as he hit it. I did not see it go off the wall. I went to look at a replay to see how close it was, 
uh, and then I and then I was mad after <laughs> seeing the replay. But it was just it was just funny. Like I, I just realized how like um, how how much I do rely on like crowd noise. It was very very weird uh, with no fans there. All right, so uh, mostly going to be talking about, you know, uh, have and will be talking about opening day, but wrap up spring training for us. Yeah, um, so we talked about, um, you know, like uh, some unheralded sort of spring uh, leaders uh, in the in the last few episodes. Uh, you know, some of the maybe guys you might not have heard of who end up leading the team. Corey Seager is not unheralded, but he did lead the Dodgers in a lot of stuff uh, this spring. He hit eight home runs. Uh, online, um, MLB.com only has spring stats going back to 2004. I couldn't. I asked the Dodgers; they they weren't exactly sure. Uh, he it's at least the most home runs since 2004. I don't know when the last time a Dodger had more than eight home runs in spring training. But he had like a um, 1250 OPS, really good. Um, I don't know, like as of right now, Corey Seager and the Dodgers do not have a contract extension. Um, and he's, earlier in the spring, he said he didn't really want to like talk about it. Um, and, you know, who knows if they're going to, they, it's something they could do in season. I doubt it. Then again, like this was the day last year when we were all sort of blindsided by, oh yeah, the Dodgers just signed Mookie Betts for twelve years. So, <laughs> like you never know when that kind of stuff. They're, they they sometimes they keep stuff very close to the vest. So like you know, it's not out of the woods. By contrast, like Francisco Lindor and the and and Steve Cohen, literally Mets owner on Twitter, like ne- almost negotiating in public uh, <laughs> right now, thinking, talking about getting a, a deal done, like going ten or twelve years or whatever. But, um, so that's where we're at with Seager. Uh, at the very worst, uh, uh, just going to be a really good player for one season, maybe for more, who knows. But he's looking exactly like he did uh, last season and in the postseason when he was like the best hitter. So it was really good. But, so here's some, some weird spring leaders for you. DJ Peters ended up playing in the most games. He played in 23 of the 29. He also led in strikeouts with 19. Um he is going to be on the taxi squad. The, the teams can have um, carry up to five extra players, bring them on road trips. One of them has to be a catcher. That's going to be Cabert Ruiz. Uh, they're also taking Garrett Clevenger and then Dennis Santana, who was the um, the last uh, one of the guys for the last spot. Uh, Dave Roberts yesterday didn't have the name of the fifth guy. I would imagine it's going to be if it's not another pitcher, it's probably going to be. Um, uh, Sheldon Noisy, I, I, and I, I honestly I think it, would, it might even be Alex Vesia Vesia if they don't. So either way, you're going to get one of your. Wait, guys. we were guessing the opening they, day roster. I thought we were guessing and, taxi and squad. taxi squad. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. Um, so uh, I almost was going to ask you this as a trivia question, but I didn't. Any Romero ended up leading the Dodgers this spring with two saves. I'm going to quit uh, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, Caber K- Ruiz. Um, uh, he was five for six with two doubles and a walk. He was late with visa issues, didn't play much, but not not so bad. Ended up with a uh, 2024 OPS. That's right, 2024. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan Noda and Luke Rayleigh each were hit two by two pitches. They led the team. Uh, Bobby Miller, uh, last year's first-round draft pick, uh, zero ERA and five and a third. He looked really good. Uh, the leader there was um, Victor Gonzalez, who also had a zero ERA in nine and a third inning uh, in innings. And then uh, Jimmy Nelson, the aforementioned uh, relief god, uh, eight innings, zero ERA. He did give up a run, but it was unearned. But he looked pretty great. Um, all this is to say, um, you know, heading into the season, I would I haven't really seen expectations like this. For the Dodgers, they're, they've been consistently, like, over most of the last eight years, every year, like, preseason predictions, like, win totals, over-under, like, World Series odds, they're, they're, like, at worst, like, third in the majors, right? And they're, and they're usually first in, like, projected wins, and they've been, in the last, like, four years, like, three out of the four years, they've kind of hit that. Um... But man, this year it's crazy. Like, well, okay, so Bill Plasky on the on the far end of the hyperbolic scale, 
really? uh, wrote, wrote a surprising. wrote a column saying that Dodgers should be this year's Dodgers should be the best baseball team of all time. It's like all right, like even Ben Lindbergh though at the Ringer like wrote how the Dodgers could challenge uh, the MLB record of 116 wins. He also noted the fact that the projection systems are so high. Like Pakoda has them at 104 wins. Uh, the over under. Uh, it, one of the uh, overseas like sports books is 103 and a half. That's like the highest in at least 15 years. Um, um, Bradford Doolittle at ESPN. He wanted to figure out how the Dodgers might be able to break the wins record. So he um, had like a I forgot what he used, but uh, he ran simulations on the season, trying to see how long it would take to get the Dodgers to win 117 games, and it took him four simulations the fourth uh, on the fourth one they won 118 games and won the world series um so there needless to say there's a lot of expectations like going into the year but uh, i think it'll be exciting to see them over a full year because they they were obviously great last year you know what's funny to me is yeah every every year the first like not the first game because people are oh it's just a game but the first i would say series there's always overreactions to either way either way uh, this is the best team of all time after all of those home runs versus this team is, I think they started two and two or whatever last year. They oh. were they were two and two. Yeah. yeah. And, oh man, maybe this team isn't as good as we thought. Uh, and you're they start the year at Coors Field, so get ready. Oh, it's <laughs> gonna be weird, it's man. Be like weird. <laughs> all they're gonna have to use all eight of their starters. Like, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's they open at Coors, but then they go to like the uh, another extreme almost in uh, three games in Oakland, which means DH uh, for those games. So like uh, Dustin May is starting the first game in Oakland, uh, so he doesn't even have to bat. Um, the order is as we sort of talked about before: uh, Kershaw opening day, his ninth, um, and then Trevor Bauer second game, Walker Bueller third game, Julio Urias in the fourth game. That sets up Bueller to start the home opener uh, next Friday. So it's all kind of as we expected. Opening days on ESPN, also on Sportsnet LA. It's not an exclusive thing. So, yeah, um, that's kind of where we're at. Um, Speaking, though, of spring numbers, I have a trivia question for you. Yeah. The Dodgers, I I wrote something this morning on um, sort of their spring training leaderboard this year. Uh, and I was, I was a little surprised with this. I watched all the games, but like, maybe I just missed this, but, or I didn't realize, but only, they only stole four bases, uh, this spring. It was by four different players. And how many of those can you name? I'm going to name a bunch of names and hope a few stick after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Which four players each stole one base during spring training? Um, I have a question. Yes. It doesn't actually affect my answer, but I'm curious. Were there any um, unsuccessful steal attempts? Oh. Um, let me look up. Sorry, I didn't have the page up. I mm-hmm. I, I, I went to my... Um... Maybe I know. Maybe this is my trivia question. Huh. I don't. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, for, I remember like a couple, but like I'm looking it up as we speak and just really uh, biding time, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Wow. Um, only one. How is that possible? <laughs> Yeah, only one. All right. Is this by one of the four players? No. This oh, person is over one. <laughs> I'm curious to know who that is. All right. Um, I have written five names down. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I get two right. You, That's my would goal. Would you like a hint? No. Nope. Would you like a hint? Nope. I'm going to say my five names. <laughs> then you can yep. give me the hint, and I'll see if I have a last mm-hmm. stab. Um, uh, Zach McKinstry. He was one. DJ Peters. He did not steal a base. Okay. Mookie Betts. 
He did. Uh, Cody Bellinger. He did not. Yeah, the injury thing was a little, little, little squeamish about that. All right, I went. Yeah. Oh no, I, I had one more guess. Uh, Gavin Lux. No, he was Gavin Lux was the one who. Ah, uh, okay. I'm counting that as a win. <laughs> I, I agree. So the no, other, that's great. The other, I gave five names and I got two and a half right. <laughs> I, I I like it. You did good. Um, the other uh, Sheldon Noisy. No. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and your, your opening day roster. I gave up on him too soon. Stabbing you again. Yeah. Uh, and then Andy Burns, uh, non-roster invitee. Okay, I'm all over. very happy with my guesses. Yeah. You did well. I, I'm I'm proud of you. And I even like you got two of your first three were right. So like that that's a ec- excellent hit ratio. Um, you did I, you did well. I uh, speaking of lead off man's daddy things, you've got a fun rewind for us. Ha. Huh. Okay. So um, as we talked about um, this year, uh, the the home opener is not only your birthday. Uh, your what the 35th anniversary of you um it's also the 40th anniversary of fernando mania starting we talked about that last week but this year is also the 30th anniversary of the 1991 team which was like uh, sort of one of the best like dodgers teams at when i was growing up but they they obviously did not win the division but i think they were still very good um a little underrated perhaps and um you know they ended up losing to the braves when the braves like started they went worst to first and then they started their like billion year run <laughs> atop whatever division they were in um that was a great pennant race that year it was before the wild card existed so the big the big deal that year was the dodgers signing daryl strawberry but they also signed uh, this week's Dodgers Rewind, Brett Butler, uh, and he sort of uh, like defined their leadoff position. Like he hit the sweet spot for me, man. Like he, he was he like I always sort of mentioned, he's like my platonic ideal of a um, of a leadoff hitter. He he's like the best bunter. I'll get into some stats on this in a second. Uh, he walked a ton. He stole a ton. Look, he got caught stealing a lot, too. I didn't care about that at the time. I didn't really... It wasn't on my radar. I just knew... Like, for instance, 1991, he stole 38 bases. He was also caught 28 times. But, like, who cares? <laughs> he stole 38 bases. Um, but, yeah. So, that year with the Dodgers, uh, he hit 296, 401, 343 slugging. Who cares if you have a 343 slugging if you get on base like that? That's still very good. 114 OPS plus, 38 steals, five WAR. He was really good that year. He led the league in runs. He led the league in walks. 108. Uh, led the league in games played and played appearances because he played all the time and caught stealing, as I mentioned. Um, he played seven years with the Dodgers. Um, that uh, included uh, 95 uh, when. So this was during the strike, uh, and then the the season began like late April 95, because it sort of uh, went into the next year. He signed with the Mets, like in early April, like right before the season started, a couple weeks before. Then by August, the Mets traded him back to the Dodgers, and then he ended up finishing out his career in 1997 with the Dodgers. In 1996, uh, he had a cancerous tumor in his tonsils, ended up missing four months, but actually made a return that year. Pretty inspiring. Um... With the Dodgers, uh, Butler hit 298, 392, 368. That's 112 OPS plus. He stole 179 bases in his seven years. His 392 on base percentage is tied for 10th in Dodgers history with Dolph Camilli. Uh, that's a minimum 1,500 plate appearances. Um, so I was looking this up from from 83 to 92. So it, it, that encapsulated his first two years with the Dodgers. Over that time, he was Braves, Indians, Giants, Dodgers. Uh, Butler scored 996 runs in, in 10 years, so essentially 100 runs a year. That was third in the majors during that time. Only uh, Ricky Henderson, who scored 1104, and Wade Boggs, 1,016. Those are the only two who scored more than he, he did. Also in the in that 10-year span, Butler had 44 war, uh, uh, So and that was 11th in baseball. So he was an excellent, excellent player. Um one of my favorite things, though, is this. So, Baseball Reference tracks bunt hits going back to 1988. So, Butler then was with the Giants. Um, then he came with the Dodgers. But 
here's where where Butler um, ranked in uh, each of the the first few years. So 88 first, 19 bunt hits. 89 first in the majors, 20 bunt hits. The next year, 22 bunt hits, also first. 91 first year with the Dodgers, 21 bunt hits. But he was second behind Otis Nixon, who was on the Braves. That's really the reason the Braves ended up winning the division, obviously. Um, but my favorite, 1992 with the Dodgers, 42 bunt hits. Um, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like that's like one every like four games. Uh, Brett Butler is getting a bunt hit. That's great. And then 93-26, also first. So uh, five of the first six years that it, that any who knows it might have been even going back to that. Um, you know he was he was the best like guy at getting bunt hits. And then 94 strike year he was third with nine. And then 95 he had 20 again. He was second again behind Otis Nixon. So just an excellent excellent bunt hitter. Um, really shows. Out, another, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, you first. I say his the other thing I sort of remember about Butler is his outfield glove was gigantic, uh, and I, he had a name for it. It was Lucille, which was also my grandma's name, so that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I was I was all over Brett Butler, and then in famously in 1992, the Dodgers added Eric Davis to that uh, outfield of Daryl Strawberry and Brett Butler, and I had a triple threat um, poster on my wall at home. Uh, Got it mounted on foam board and everything, and uh, and that Dodgers team was terrible. They lost <laughs> nine, 99 games. It just didn't work out, but not by Butler's fault. Uh, everyone else sort of crumbled around him, obviously, and they lost Eddie Murray, so they lost the glue, as I like to say. Um, but I have a Brett Butler trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he led the National League in runs scored in 1991. He scored 112 times. He's one of nine Dodgers ever to lead the National League and run scored. Can you name the other eight? I wrote down a bunch of names. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And the, I think the reason why, there's different categories of why I get upset mm-hmm. or angry at trivia questions. And this is the category of, I'm going to forget like two or three at least, at least names that I'm really embarrassed that I, I missed out on. But I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raphael for call. He did not. Roger Cedeno. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to look him up. I, don't, <laughs> I, would, I would be surprised if he scored 80 runs in a, in a year with the Dodgers. Yeah, um, that might be like I'm throwing in a Met year. He, he was super fast, though. Um, oh, okay. No, he scored 90 with the Mets. Yeah, okay. Um, his most runs scored with the Dodgers was 33. Basically. A uh, super superstar, yeah. um, Pee Wee Reese. I will say this uh, before I answer that. Uh, I played um, a PC baseball game. I forgot what it was called. But uh, Roger Cedeno and Chad Fonville. Uh, this was like '97 ish, um, and those I I stole with those guys all the time, and I think they each stole like 300 bases in the way, the way I was using it. So uh, that yeah, was I, I had to say him just because he led off the King Griffey Junior sixty four team. So uh, um, okay, him. you said Pee Wee Reese nineteen forty nine one hundred thirty two runs led the National League. Jackie Robinson. He did not lead okay. the league in runs. Yeah, it's one of the like you don't want to like discount just good players just because they didn't necessarily lead off, but also it helps mm-hmm. to lead off. Um, Gil Hodges. No. Davy Lopes. No, but uh, I mean that's a that's a good guess. Wes Parker. Nope. Willie Davis. Nope. All right. Uh, you want, I, you, would you like a hint? No, I'm done. <laughs> Tell okay. me the eight I, gonna, I missed. <laughs> the hint I was going to say was there only one other L.A. Dodger. Uh, <laughs> oh led. my! I named. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, um Okay. You actually named a lot of Brooklyn, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I thought. And you I weren't thought, wrong wait, about on, Tommy hold Davis. Hold on, hold on, I have to say one more guess. Zach Wheat. <laughs> no, okay, no okay, I, <laughs> I almost was gonna say like this is more the chaff than the wheat, but I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, Matt Kemp in 2011. Of See, I knew it. There's, yeah. there's my first one. The, oh my the, the only other one I think you could maybe kick yourself over is Duke Snyder. He led the league. He's the only one to lead the league multiple I, times. See, I wrote. I wrote I wrote Jackie down, and I'm like, I'm not going to write yeah. Duke and Jackie. I'm going to pick one, <laughs> but because uh, then I'm just I, yeah, naming I, good good 
you know, boys is, you know, uh, yeah. good 50s and See, 60s players. Hodges <laughs> was the RBI guy driving in like Deuce Snyder, yeah. basically. Um, so, yeah, 1953 to 55, 132, 120, and 126. That middle year, he tied Stan Musial. Um, then going backwards, um, Eddie Stanky in 1945, 128 runs. Archie Vaughn, 1943, 112. Pete Reeser. 1941, 117. So they had a nice little run there in the in the 40s. Um, but then you have to go back. I would not have expected you to get these, but these are just fun little trivia. Uh, Wee Willie Keeler in 1899, 140 runs, tied with future Hall of Fame manager John McGraw. Uh, and Hub Collins in the fir- <laughs> Dodgers' first year in the National League, 1890, 148 runs scored. Okay. No, that's, that's yep. good. I'm... So this, we talked about this last episode like Mookie Betts decent like I say decent odds to like lead the league and run scored like you know I figure like Ronald Acuna will be up there it would help it would help to add in some bunt hits like uh like Brett you know what he he really should you know what I agree to get that many um bunt hits it takes Mm. it takes grace under fire damn it I I was gonna make a grace under fire (laughs) joke at some point and I (laughs) and I forgot so kudos, kudos. I was waiting, you, waiting. Jacob. I'm like, he might beat me to this, but no, you're good. Very, very well. It's nice. time for the uh, my favorite set of five in the entire world. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's time for with Jens and Craig. We love them. The first of we love it five questions <laughs> is uh, a trivia question for Eric. Mookie Betts has led his team uh, in B-War for the last six seasons since 1948. Can can Eric name the Dodger position player, uh, Dodger position players, excuse me, there's more than one of them, in their franchise history who have streaks of three or more seasons leading the team in B-War? And while not a trivia question, do you think Betts can continue that streak of leading his team in B-War and for how long? Uh, I'll answer the second one first. Yes, he will lead the Dodgers in B-War through 2023. Um, I'm still writing on the uh, Corey Seager regular season MVP streak, so I'm going to go with that. Um, Okay. So, I just remember Jackie Robinson's defense was so good, and he was obviously great all around. So I, I think I'm going to say Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson from 1948 to 1952. Damn, five years. Um, so, and then, man, I'm I this I, I'm not sure. I'm going to say Duke Snyder, um, but there's a good chance that, like, I, the only thing I was nervous about is that Roy Campanella in like one of his MVP years might have passed him? So I don't Duke know. Snyder, nineteen fifty three to nineteen fifty six. Woo! All right. I'm glad um, we kind of talked about those two kind of unrelated to that. That was fun. That's good. Yeah. Um, is are, are there more? There's one more player. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, B war position players. Um. It helps. So, so, not to discount th- this because yeah. he's a very good player. One might say a Hall of Fame player, but uh, it did help that some of the teams he played on were not the most offensively infused teams. Not awful, not awful, mind you, but. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that, I don't know. Okay, I was going to say. Oh, is it Maury Wills then? Nope. Um, Willie, I mean, uh, not Willie Davis. Or yeah, Willie Davis. Uh, nope. Tommy. Uh, nope. Davis? <laughs> um, man, I'm. I uh, let's see. Yeah, I. Okay, I guess. Paul, here's an, a, a reminder. I did give you the hint that he's Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant he. I thought you were saying he should be. A Hall no, he okay. is in fact a Hall of Famer. Oh. Um, well, is it Zach Wheat then? Uh, it is not Zach Wheat, but it is another Hall of Famer who does not have his number retired by the Dodgers. Hmm. I think that's like two players that qualify for this question. <laughs> right. Um, 
That's probably not true. So, There's probably another one. Yeah, I'm. Uh, huh. I saw this player's uh, reti uh, number retirement ceremony for a different team. If you remember back to last week. Oh, yeah. Piazza. There you go. Dang it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't think of those 90s teams as like not offensively. Good. I'm going like, to look I, this up because I said that. I, I, I was thinking the 60s. And, so I, I said that head. because he led, one yeah. of the years he led, he led with 5.4, which to me isn't very. But, but also, what was that, 94 though? Because it's a strike year. Uh, no, it was 96. Oh. Dodging it. I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> did I, did I yeah. screw that up? Uh, I'm going to look that well, up what, before. What were the years for Piazza? Was it like 93 to 97? 90, uh, 95 to 97. Who the hell led in 94? Uh, I'm going to look this all up for you uh, while we do move on to the next question. Yeah. Which is, because I'm really curious. I'm like, this, man. This is stunning. Yeah. Um, for the third part of the series of the questions, for Eric and Jacob, name your winners and any wild card, card teams from the AL and NL West divisions. So I, I added in here our previous guesses just so we didn't like end up picking like four wildcard teams total mm -hmm. um, uh, for each league. Um, so just as a reminder, I already have two AL wildcard teams, the Rays and the White Sox. Jacob has one, the Twins. So I, I will. you have to have a AL West wildcard <laughs> here. I, I figured this um, all out when we started doing and it. And this might be – I mean, this is like the least surprising thing. We both have one wildcard team. Uh, so I guess we have to figure out a wild card team from the NLS. It's going to be hard, yeah. but like, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Um, I'll go first since I already have it uh, locked in. The Astros will win the division, but the A's will be a wild card. Astros and A's. The A's so always I'm, do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have absolutely no problem with that prediction, and I'm actually – I kind of like it. Um um, so you're going to say A's wild card. Uh, so I was looking at this, right? I'm also going to pick the Astros for the AL West. Um, so I was, I, I was torn on this because I have an answer for you for 94. Sorry to interrupt, but that's okay. It wasn't, um, a, I'll give you a hint uh, while you think about it. It wasn't a hitter that led in, led in war. Go ahead. Wait, but it, the, the whole. They oh, I thought it was only a position player. No, it was the last the last time a position player did lead the team in ah, streaks. Got it. Okay, um so what I was gonna say is that projection systems are like higher than I expected on the Angels. I'll just tell you uh Pakoda has them at eighty seven wins and Fangraphs has them at eighty five. Mind you that's second um in, to the Astros in both. Astros are 89 on Fangraphs, 92 on Pakoda. I don't know what to think of the Astros this year. I think they're still probably better. But, like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really torn. I, I also think the A's will be better than people expect. Uh, and I just it just came down to I didn't want to pick the Angels for the division because while I'm kind of high on them, I don't, I don't think they're good enough to win the division. So, like, that, I have to pick the Astros here. And I think it's fair to say for the NOS, uh, Dodgers will win, Padres are wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you have a guess for the... Uh... Oh, for, for 94? Yeah. Um, is it Ramon Martinez? It is not. Ramon was second for pitchers. I think he ended up below uh, Pai Piazza and maybe um, Brett Butler. Actually. Mm. Who? Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. It's Kevin yeah. Gross. Oh God! <laughs> wow. Wow. I like it. Um. So the next question is: Uh, it's been eighty years. <laughs> My goodness, since it's Joey DiMaggio had his fifty-six uh, game hitting streak. The last Dodger to have a hitting streak longer than 20 games was in 2011 when Andre Ethier was stopped at 30 straight games, uh, just short of franchise record holder Willie Davis's 31-game streak. Eric and Jacob, name the Dodger, next Dodger, to have a hitting streak of 20 or more straight games. Um, so, not to ride your Corey Seager MVP mm. coattails, but Corey Seager will have a 24-game hit streak this year. 
Wow. Um, I Seeger was my answer, but that I figured it would happen in 2028 or something like that. Kind of a late <laughs> search. Well, so Jacob predicting <laughs> a contract extension and a hitting streak. <laughs> well, not necessarily. You could pull a Brett Butler, right? Get traded back. <laughs> nice. I got it. Yep. By the way, I am totally winning these uh, this offensive challenged uh, Dodgers team thing. I'm very happy for, with it. Um, uh, yeah, I like. I, I think Seager makes. Uh, I think um, uh, Andrew Friedman on the broadcast yesterday even mentioned that, like, just in terms of pure hitting tool, like Corey Seager is just so good, yeah. um, and that I, I like that as an answer. I thought about naming Justin Turner, um, but I, I still like Seager. Yeah, I, I I was thinking the only other one I think I would have went with was Betts. Reading about the passing of author Beverly Clearly, I was reminded of my mom taking me taking myself and my sister and brothers to the local library every week, where we checked out Clearly's books and others. The first baseball biography I read was on base, Babe Ruth by Robert Creamer. I also saw the baseball encyclopedia there. Do either of you remember the first baseball or sports books you've read? And did you go uh, to the library when you grew up? I went to the library a lot. Um, I would say, man, I think a lot in like middle school. There was a lot of time um, middle school and I went maybe like fourth and fifth grade. Uh, may, like where I would sometimes spend like, uh, like after hours or after school there until my mom was like off work sometimes. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of time there. Um, I'm trying to think of the first like baseball or sports book I saw. Um, didn't really have it like at home. Um, maybe it was like, I think the first one I got was like. It was either the baseball encyclopedia or like the 1984, like Bill James, um, like abstract. Like, um, so it was one of those, but I think it was the encyclopedia because I was just blown away by, wow, you can have this reference of like all the players who've ever played. (laughs) Like, this is amazing. And then it's like, now it's just like arcane, but, um. Yeah, uh, that I I wish I, I I could more clearly remember like what the first book might have been, but I think it's I think it's that. So this is a reminder that I was not actually not that into sports as a kid. I didn't really turn that that didn't really change until I was um, more in high school. But I do I think the first I did a biography report in elementary school on AJ Foyt. I remember that. Wow. I was born. I'm from, my family is from Indiana as a, as yep. a reminder for people who wondering where the IndyCar thing comes from. Um, Pace of fan. Yeah. And our, the library in our elementary school was really good. It was a really high quality one. So I think I spent more, well more time there than in the public library, but I spent a lot of time there. I actually think I actually volunteered uh, at the elementary school library and worked for the, my middle school library. And I don't, and I think I stepped foot in my high school library like twice. I don't know yeah. where that change happened, but I was I wasn't in the high school library. Even in high school, I think we would go to the public library. Well, also it was down the street, so it was easy. But um, so the the Palm Springs Public Library, the one I went to a lot, shared the parking lot with Angel Stadium, uh, where the Class A team played and where the Angels would play uh, some spring training games. Um, and it's a very tiny parking lot, and you can understand why the team in, in eventually moved. Uh, but like, uh, it all—it was also like, it sort of bled into that area, bled into like a park. Um, so it was like, you know, when you're a kid, that's like a bustling place to be. <laughs> you have like everything you need there, but also um, uh, that particular building where the library was, one of the sides was a like a diagonal wall. So, um, we would entertain ourselves, uh, for a long time by just simply trying to run up the wall as far as we could. (laughs) Uh, and we, you know, we didn't really have, uh, 
we, we, we figured out ways to entertain ourselves back then. We didn't have the internet, so... Yeah, it was fun. I, I spent a lot of time in that library, though, and I, and I sort of I, I liked it a lot. Before we move on to the final question, usually a food question, I assume it is, again, um, in 95, 96, and 97, the Dodgers were be- uh, below league average offensively in, uh, ah, every year. Fair uh, enough. And uh, were 10th in runs scored uh, in the National League in 95, 12th in 96, and then 7th but, in 97. What? Okay. All right, there. And, and I, again, I, I didn't say they were like awful, just just not. Yeah, no, my head just like immediately went to sixties. Like <laughs> I was like, all right, clearly, yeah. So, uh, well, you know, I I do enjoy giving you not cl- the most clear hints. So that's good. Uh, happy belated birthday to Eric! Yeah, that's the thanks. question. I was reminded of the time Eric and our friend Sissy had sushi to celebrate one of Eric's birthdays during the past spring training. As I call them, old-style Japanese restaurants always had a combination special. My current favorite is tempura and sashimi. What would you tutor at one of those places? Um, so I was a, a late-comer to sushi, like, I think, college. Um, so, like, growing up, I did not eat this, but I still loved going to, like, um, you know, like those restaurants, and I just, I well, I never really went with my mom because she didn't. She didn't eat sushi either, but like we went to like Benihana and, and Kobe. We uh, out in Palm Springs, there was it was Kobe Steakhouse mm-hmm. um, that we had, and like so you, it's like, and I enjoyed that. Um, but like just generally, I, I, um, man, I the tempura shrimp was always fun at one of those uh, places, but like. Generally, like, I haven't been to, like, a Benihana in a while, but, like, just getting, like, steak and shrimp from there, like, uh, it's not, it's not breaded uh, shrimp, uh, and the steak is really good. Um, I, 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 I have, a, I, I have very fond memories of that, but, yeah, that, that that's kind of, like, uh, in terms of, like, sushi now, I, I would, I almost, I, I would just get, if I get sushi, I'll just get sushi. I wouldn't, I don't really combine them with other stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I don't know. What, what about you? Um, I love sushi. I was also a late comer. I think it, I think it was in high school, but maybe, maybe mm. not. Maybe it was again, more college as well. Um, uh, I feel like I went maybe once in, in high school, but anyways, yeah. um, big fan. Um, when we uh, vacationed in Japan a few years ago, just what an unreal food country and specifically food city Tokyo is. Um, there's just so many, uh, I, I don't know, not really to call them the same thing, sort of old style, but just like neighborhood isekayas where you can just kind of order drinks and food nonstop. Um, I did a lot of, uh, yakitori, so it's a fried delicious oh, yeah. sticks. Um, yeah. and, and then a lot of nigiri and sashimi, um, uh, and they were all, you know, is in just like a order two um, yakitori sticks or two things of nigiri, just kind of whenever you're hungry, eating a or eating uh, drinking a asahi or whatever. It's good. So yeah, I bunch like, of yakitori and bunch of nigiri. I I really like um, sashimi, like you know, um, favorite fish in the um, sashimi nigiri land. So I think it's it's either. It's, tri- it's either salmon or tuna. Mm. Um, I so my my sort of Americanized um, sushi go to. I'm a sucker for the spicy tuna roll. Um, so like I, I I would just like go to town on that. Um, but yeah, like uh, it, it's I I'm actually craving sushi right now. So I'm about to order lunch. So we'll see how we'll see what happens today. Oh, yeah, hamachi is my favorite. Nice. Uh, yeah. I have not done sushi since the pandemic started. Um, miss yeah. It, miss it. You can't get... There is one... If anyone's listening in the Kansas City Metro, there I know of one uh, uh, good sushi restaurant in the whole Metro, and it is Bob Wasabi. Oh, that's so a sweet name. It went up. It, it was down the block from where Melissa and I used to live. Um, uh... 
Oh no, they're closing. No. Wait, <laughs> Jacob, where who and you used to live? Uh, wow, they announced this literally today that they're closing. Oh, where Melissa and I used to live. My uh, wife. Yeah, All right. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh no, man! What uh, a bummer way in an episode. What, what a. They're well, open until least... May eighth, and they're hoping the mid down uh, reopen. So hopefully that happens. Bef- uh, so before then, you could watch opening day uh, tomorrow and enjoy the baseball season, but also eat sushi while you still can from Bob Wasabi. Uh, oh, I have good news. They are hoping it's yes. only because the landlord is uh, has other plans for their property. That's not a surprise. Oh, so the yeah. the owner uh, kicked out the really sweet uh, liquor wow. store that was there. Um, uh, bodega was there. I think it's a bodega now, but they like switched owners, kind of were forced to. The new one's fine. This, for for the one other person living in Kansas City that's listening to this and podcast, as as someone who recorded a, a, a numerous podcasts at a Sports Bar in Arizona, <laughs> I think you need to record an episode from um, the new Bob Wasabi location. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, go eat some sushi, everybody. Watch some baseball. Glad that the season's here. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.